0: So pick what you want to do in a talent and skill. Study somebody that's doing it. Reach out to people that you can give to, and know that it's going to take time, and you're going to get knocked down. Yeah. And if you have yeah. the don't give upness ability, yeah, like there it is. That's like you can make millions of dollars whatever you want to do. Boom. Welcome back to the show.
1: I'm Travis Chappell, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends if you're doing it the right way, anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Dyrdek, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. Today, I'm making friends with David Nurse. David has been transforming the way hundreds of NBA stars play on the court for most of his career. In fact, his method was dubbed as training athletes of the future because of his ability to teach them how to tap into different mindsets and become unstoppable. He's written two best best-selling books, runs a successful motivational coaching business, and is a highly sought after speaker hired by companies like Dell, Salesforce, ESPN, and the NBA to help thousands of employees and athletes develop unshakable mindsets. In fact, he was recently named as one of the top 50 keynote speakers in the world by real leaders and ranks as the youngest speaker on the list. As a former professional basketball player, David's ability to get into the zone and master his mindset led him to two Guinness World Records for shooting, a huge accomplishment on its own. In 2016, the Brooklyn Nets hired him as a coach to help players improve their shooting, and they went from being 28th in the league to second overall in three-point shooting. In total, David has worked with over 150 NBA players whose contract earnings amount to $3.2 billion. So today on the show we talk all about his new book what it takes to be an author We talk about his podcast. We talk about how to build better relationships how to make good friendships guys This is like an all-around complete episode And I really think that you're going to enjoy this if you have not heard of david This is absolutely an episode that you're going to want to pay attention to and if you have heard of him You're probably going to hear a side of him that you haven't heard before So please put away your distractions and listen in to today's episode with david nurse Oh, like, you can we you could do that. Here. Rogan does all that kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff. But, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Rogan does whatever. He rewrote the rules.
0: Yeah. You know, he just does whatever he wants. Yeah, but I think that's even yeah. better. Like, it was conversation. You do whatever you want. You
1: Well, I think that's one reason people listen to podcasts, to right? Yeah, yeah. But what have you found with your show? What parts of your show do you enjoy doing the most? That's a great question.
0: I mean, I enjoy... I bring a lot of people on that, like, I actually really are interested in and yeah. I really want to learn from. And I've kind of shifted it more to optimizing for excellence so there's something like i'll have a start to it i kind of have pretty set flow to it and then we'll go off it but i like seeing like what these people are doing in top pressure moments top situations like i just had a justin Forsett he was a pro bowler mm-hmm. and his, he got his break as a punt returner and like his his moment was like he had like his pressure was on he had to catch this but like what is going through your mind when yeah. the most pressure high stakes thing is going on so I like to try to get that kind of stuff out of them.
1: Yeah, nice. That's yeah. awesome, bro. Let's rewind the clock a little bit for anybody listening who doesn't know, you know, where you come from, <clears throat> what your story is. Let's say eleven-year-old um, David Nurse mm. set the scene. Mm. Where'd you grow up? You know, eleven-year-old David Nurse.
0: I mean, just a stud, <laughs> just a macho stud. No. <laughs> Grew up a small town, Iowa, Pella, Iowa. All I wanted to do was play in the NBA. So every waking hour was committed to basketball in the snow outside in the driveway, you name it, basketball, basketball, basketball. To this day I still think I could play in the NBA. So that's how that committed was I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah played college basketball so kind of grinded my way there doctor said i was gonna be six 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 seven i'm six one <laughs> hope he's fired somewhere yeah, but, could file a lawsuit against it you false hope when unbelievable you're kid, man i would have played a different sport if
1: i had i known that yeah i used to pray that god would make me like six seven yeah six eight when i was because I, I played oh. a ton of basketball growing up Travis, i, I prayed like, hey, six seven please god
0: i stretched At my <laughs> I, I literally did like that hanging stuff to try to stretch oh, yeah, yourself out the weight, to grow. The, like the head weight uh, every yeah, yeah. possible way yeah, you yeah. can imagine so we didn't get there, played college <laughs> basketball, Western Illinois, and got the opportunity to play overseas. And okay. that sounds cool to say you play overseas, but yeah. it's more like the Will Ferrell semi-pro that I was playing in. And yeah. Did you ever see the show New Girl? New, no, I know what you're talking oh, about, okay. but I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, there
1: was a guy in there that played overseas, and there's a whole bit in there about it, but we'll have to like link to it in the show notes or something. Because if I explained it, it would not be near responding, yeah. and it would of, just uh, fall on deaf ears. Of how, unglamorous,
0: of how yeah. unglamorous it is. Correct. Yeah, correct yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was in Australia, and then Greece. And then Spain for my third year, mind you, I still think I'm going to play in the NBA. Like, yeah. I'm the guy over here doing two-a-days film study, and the rest of my teammates are just concerned about drinking beers at halftime and where the party is going to be at after the game. Sure. They've got yeah. other jobs, but I'm that committed. It's just kind of been in my blood through wanting to play in the NBA. Do they pay you enough,
1: like a living wage to-
0: Oh, not even close. Okay. I think I was like 500- Every two weeks, maybe, wow, like geez. a 1,000 a month. It's like playing the minor <laughs> leagues, and like baseball. Out it, here, yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. Where I was probably spending more money buying baguettes and tapas over in Spain. And I was in northern Spain, which is, it's not even Spain. It's the Basque region. They don't even speak Spanish. It's like, when you think really? Spain, you're like, oh yeah, sunshine beaches. No, <laughs> cold, rainy mountains like Seattle. This isn't Ibiza, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> Abiza. so. Ibiza, that's when you know you're Spanish. <laughs> <Yeah>. Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> so, I get cut from the team, like this joke of a league, I get cut from the team. And I thought like all my hopes and goals and dreams were gone. I mean, looking back on it, it's an unbelievable blessing that I got cut at 24, 24, 25, instead of continuing to play for a hundred bucks a month and end up in Lithuania when I'm 36 and have nothing going for me. But I come home, I'm living on my parents' recliner chair in Kansas City where they're living at the time and just literally feeling bad for myself. Like I thought... Everything was gone. It's what I put my whole life into. I didn't have a backup plan. Right. Nobody told me in college, like, hey, like, maybe you should think about something other than the NBA, because yeah. you're probably not going to make it. What did you study in college? Communications. So basketball. Yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. Business. I got my MBA, actually, which. Oh, no, no way. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, um, sorry, Western Illinois, if anybody's listening to this from Western Illinois, but it's not quite Harvard <laughs> Business School. <laughs> can't re- I can't tell you one thing I learned in business school, but I got the paper yeah. somewhere. Never used it in my life. <laughs> yeah, so. My mom. This is the big turning point for me. Was my mom would always say these motivational and inspirational quotes. You know, who moms are. You know, and I'm. It's always like, mom, whatever. I'm not gonna pay attention to that. It's whatever you say is in one ear, out the other. Yeah. But she like, said, You "Don't understand." Yeah. Yeah. Right. She don't understand. Parents don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they do know, and it always comes back. You're like, oh yeah. wow, you did know. But she said this one that stuck with me when she was doing dishes. I was kicked back in the chair. I can remember exactly where I was at. She said, "David, when one door closes, four open." In an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. I was like, time out. I thought it was one door, one door. Hmm. What's this four-door thing? But it kind of opened me up to this 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 new mindset of like, oh, well, maybe it's not over. Maybe I don't have to wait for the door to open. Maybe there's other opportunities that I can use through what I learned, through what I poured my life into through basketball. It's so like, all right, I'm going to coach in the NBA. And that's when I made the the decision right then and there that I was going to be an NBA coach. Now, didn't have any connections in the NBA, which you kind of need. So I hand wrote a letter to every NBA GM. All the GMs didn't hear anything back for a month and a half. And I get a phone call from the GM at the time of the Los Angeles Clippers, Gary Sachs. And it's just a quick conversation. And he was just being kind, getting back to me. And it's basically like, you know, good luck with the rest of your life. He said, if you're ever out in Los Angeles, look me up, we'll grab coffee. So I booked a ticket to Los yeah, Angeles yeah. the next week. and took that enough, as an opportunity. <laughs> stole some of my parents' money. Stole all of my money. I was going to be out there doing a basketball yeah, yeah. camp. Funny you so, should mention. I'll yeah. be out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ironic.
1: On whatever day works best Haven't for Haven't been to yeah.
0: LA in like eight years, <laughs> but I'll be there next week. Right. So I prepared and I went out there and just, we hit it off and- that eventually lead, led to me and Gary developing a great relationship. I actually lived with Gary when I moved out to Los Angeles. Oh, no Every connection stemmed from Gary Sachs to the NBA, to Eric Spolstra, different coaches. And
1: what year was this when you moved out or when
0: you came out? When I came out to move in with Gary, it was a little bit later. <clears throat> it was actually after I coached with the Nets. So I basically okay. lived for five years out of my car or sleeping on friends' couches. Sometimes friends like I literally had never met before. Like mm. I've got crazy stories on. Probably potential times I should have been dead on random strangers' couches, but I still slept in it. Or I slept in my couch or sorry, my car and well lit Walmart parking lots. It's yeah. my go-to. Five years of doing basketball camps that I created with these shooting basketball with a line down the center so you could see the rotation. And i do camps for anybody and their cousin that would take me in. Mm. Melbourne, Australia. I wake up to an email that says Brooklyn Nets shooting coach. Thought it was spam. Didn't know anybody from the Brooklyn Nets. Was curious. Clicked it. The next week, I'm a shooting coach for the Brooklyn Nets. Wow. But maybe we can go into like how they thought that was it, thought I was in. Yeah. Phew, fired. Really? After one year in. One year. Fired. Then I moved out to Garrett with Gary.
1: Got it. So yeah. what year was that then? Because you said the
0: Brooklyn Nets. So 2015-16. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And I <clears throat> set the foundation for what the Nets are. I don't know if I want to say that because they're not really doing that well. Yeah. yeah. That's true. At but this point. Yeah, yeah but point. I mean that's
1: not really your fault.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you can't blame it on the shooting <laughs> coach. Come on.
1: What was the roller coaster like in that perspective? Like getting a call, you're doing all these basketball camps, driving yourself crazy, and you're like on this high. I finally, I'm in. Oh, this is my career. And
0: then they're just like, "Hey,
1: no, like we're, we're good, actually."
0: Yeah, it was amazing. It was like so. At the time, that was probably the worst culture in the NBA, and mm-hmm. I got to see behind the scenes of what NBA culture is actually like. Mm, yeah,
1: Because you don't really get that as a fan.
0: No, you don't. Yeah. Most fans have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, and I can tell you which teams have actually have great cultures, and the majority of teams which yeah. have terrible cultures, all centered around a three-letter word called ego, mm. which is a real thing. Yeah. Not just with players, but with coaches, with trainers, with equipment managers. It's crazy. Anyways, I loved it. I loved it because I never. That's what happens in like these
1: high status fields, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, I mean, even if you're an equipment manager, it's still like, yeah, but I'm an equipment manager in the NBA.
0: Trainer (laughs) that we had would try to control games. He'd hold people out to act like he was having an impact on the games, the wins and losses. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I'm I like I'm just this this young 28 year old kid. I'm so excited to be there and right, working right. with players. And we just by the grace of God go from 28th and three point percentage to second. Like was not me, but it just happened. Yeah, I know. was getting all this pub, this New York media and stuffs like hot up and coming young coaches and GMs telling me three year deal will lock you in. Yeah. Then a new head coach comes on at the end of the year and I'm fired. I'm wow. out. Door shut. But. I lean back on what Socrates, my mom, the philosopher, said when one door closes, four open, Yeah. entire beachfront patio, came out to LA and I mean, started training NBA players, working with some of the top NBA players on court, mindset. Like you, you were doing that
1: with somebody or you were doing that kind of separately?
0: Yeah, either? kind of oh, separately. Yeah. I developed a lot of relationships throughout the NBA okay. and okay. with agents, and Casey Wasserman brought me on to train all his top all-star players gotcha gotcha a little bit easier to
1: land something like that after you have the line item on your resume yeah of working with the Brooklyn nets and taking oh. shooting percentage from this to this and whatever.
0: totally man i could charge more for camps it was like That's literally right. like the right. best right. addition bonus to everything that i was doing and it's funny because like it, everything in my life and i'm sure you can attest to this too it's all relationships hmm. it's literally all relationships yeah I've never been hired off a resume. I don't even know if I've ever had a... I don't think I've ever had like a legit job interview. Yeah. It's just all relationships. It's crazy, dude.
1: Crazy. I I, I read a stat one time. It was like... Fact check me if you're listening or watching this. I think it was about 78% of jobs are gotten through connections. Yeah. 78%. I would think more. And it, it, it blows my mind because of the teeny, teeny, tiny segment of people that actually make a concerted effort to go create relationships in areas in fields that they want to have a successful career. in. it's like, yeah, just Dude. sitting on your computer and submitting a bunch of job applications is like the worst way to go get hired somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, sure. This is coming from a guy that's never done that, but like, <laughs> like you know, maybe point proven, I guess, but yeah, it's, it's, almost four-fifths of all jobs are gotten through connections.
0: And honestly, the formula is really easy. It's literally really easy. You can reach out to anybody nowadays. You know how many DMs I've sent? Well, I was going to say, you did it pre-DMs.
1: Like, you wrote physical letters. I was was going old school. Right. (laughs) The craziest thing about that story is you got a reply. Like, when you said, like, I was waiting for six weeks for a reply, I was like, man, I'm surprised... I'm surprised, first of all, anybody got back to you, but yeah. I'm surprised, second of all, that it was only six weeks and you just r- hand-wrote letters and said yeah. the lesson I think there is like, people are more accessible than you think they are.
0: Totally. You know? It's the cheat code of cheat codes. Everybody checks their DMs. Even if they say they don't run their Instagram, right. they do. Right. I've reached out to so many, like, I've set up massive events with really cool people that I wanted to meet just by sending DMs and saying somebody else was going to be there. <laughs> and then they all wanted to come. Yeah. But it's, it, you can reach anybody you want, and you can learn from anyone you want. Yeah. Like if yeah. you want to be a speaker, you should watch videos on the top speakers, see how they get gigs, watch them, study them. It's fascinating to me how people like it's like, well, I don't know what to do. Well, there's so much free content out there, right. podcasts, YouTube, study, like literally study, become an expert. I think Rachel Hollis, I think that's literally what she did yeah. to become who she is. <clears throat> yep. It's easy. Anybody that
1: I've talked to on the show has been some combination of that. There's not somebody that comes to my mind. I'm sure it's happened over the hundreds of interviews we've done, but there's nobody that's come to m- that's come to mind right now that was like just spoon fed most of the things that they got or, or or like had a specific plan that worked exactly the way that they said it was going to work when they were coming into it. The whole, like, well, I don't know what to do thing is like, well, welcome to trying to like be (laughs) successful. You know what I mean? Like if you don't know what to do and you're not willing to figure it out, then like go live a mediocre life and fine. If that's what you want to do, you know what I'm saying? I don't ever try to superimpose my beliefs, my values, my goals, my dreams on anybody else. But if you do have the same goals and the same dreams and the same, and you're not willing to put in the effort, then like, good luck. You know, you're just going to wait to hit the lottery at some point. Like what, what's the alternative? You're going to have to do something at some point. You know what I
0: mean? The phone is never just going to ring. It's just not going (laughs) to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really passionate about this because like, I get a lot of questions on this. Like, oh, how did you do it? Oh, can I pick your brain? Like, so I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get a million dollars right here. This is a million dollar formula. This is it. Decide what you want to do, decide what lane you want to go in, something that you're talented in, something that you have skills in, something that you're passionate in, something that you'll work hard in, okay? It doesn't have to be the end-all be-all, but decide what that is. Decide what value you're going to bring to others. Decide what can be the give that you're going to serve others because that's going to take you a massively long way, Yep. okay? Study the top people in the field that you want to be in. Study everything about them. Take notes, study it, watch it, watch it just relentlessly, right? Consistency, that is the, the term, the word, everything that every successful person has, consistency over time. It's the most boring thing. It's for diets. It's for yep. uh, consistency over time. And if you rep it out 10 years, yep. eight years, maybe five years, like you will absolutely get there. So pick what you want to do in a talent and skill. Study somebody that's doing it. Reach out to people that you can give to and know that it's going to take time and you're going to get knocked down yeah, and if you have yeah. the don't give upness ability, yeah, like there it is. That's like you can make millions of dollars, whatever you want to do.
1: Boom, hundred percent, dude, hundred percent. It's like the, the way that Ed Millett says it. That I always like. He's like, "Is your will to win for sale? Because if it is, then at some point, somebody's gonna be willing to pay that price, mm-hmm. and you're gonna find yourself beating yourself up, not achieving the potential that that you have because." Yeah. Something was able to deter you from the past. Something was able to prevent you from being consistent. Like something happened. Yeah. You had know, an external circumstance that you allowed to have control over you rather yeah, than yeah, having yeah. control over it. You know what I mean? It's There's good. something that happened that deterred you from it. And ultimately, exactly what you said, that's the name of the game. It's consistency over a long period of time. And then giving yourself those advantages of learning from people who've already done it. That one thing has quite literally changed my life. Just Go get around people who've done what you want to do. crazy.
0: Yeah. It's so easy. It's literally so easy, but I also love it because most people want it quick, especially in this day and age, they want it to happen now. So I know personally, I'll always be successful because I'm willing to play the long game when most people (laughs) will not. Absolutely, dude. So you come out to LA
1: and Mm -hmm. you start working with people kind of more one-on-one basis and things like that. Where along the path did you decide to get into content and writing yeah. books and
0: those types of yep. things? yep. So I was actually, I remember vividly, I was in this on the Santa Monica court and it was summer working out NBA players. I had like 27, 28, like stud NBA players, mm-hmm. all stars, millions of dollars on the court. So all <laughs> the, the Wasserman players. And when I man, I just been going like the whole week from like seven a.m. to seven p.m. because everybody comes out to L.A. in the off season. You doing mostly shooting? I'm doing shooting? shooting. I'm doing ball, every, like every every okay. skill development. It's me on court. It's every single workout, and, and it is wearing. Yeah, wearing. So I pass out because I'm just physically exhausted. Like, oh, I remember actually like passing actually, actually yeah. passing out on court. And when I finally came back and everything, like, I was just sitting there like. Wow, dude, like, do I really love doing this? Because every morning when I woke up, I was like, yeah, like I don't, I don't feel excited about coming to the gym. Sure. Now I love being around the people, I love the relationships, but I wasn't excited about teaching a jumper again, saying right. "Hold your follow through for the forty-nine billionth time," right. or right. teaching right. a step back. But what I did love was the moments when I got to encourage them, when I got to see them actually mm. come to life of excitement, of seeing them improve, or just seeing them, you know, get excited about something else in their life that I was speaking life into them. And I was like, well, this is, I mean, I love this. Yeah. Like there's something to this. Like
1: basketball became the vehicle to see like self-development happen.
0: Yeah. And I developed a relationship with an amazing friend of mine, John Gordon. And he was like. like, John on the show a while back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's He's awesome. Super giver. Just super talented author, speaker. Yeah. And I kind of just watched him. I was like, man, I could speak. And he started pouring into me. And I was like, I could write books with all these stories that I have with with points, with with learning concepts to them, and so I just started writing, started writing, and eventually pivot and go. The first book kind of came to life after like ninety two different chapters got merged into twenty nine, and and I I, I was like hey, if I can speak to these NBA players, these corporations, and my, they're high level performers, yep. same type of mindset, same type of tools, and a wild story for how I got my first talk was literally through. Just reaching out, just taking shots. I had a friend mm-hmm. at had a friend at Nestle, Nestle, Australia. And I was like, hey, who books your speakers? And he's like, well, I'll give you the email. And then I got in touch with that person. They connected me to another person. And mm-hmm. finally I get on a conversation with the person who is one below the person who books the speakers. And they're like, okay, well, send over your speaking reel. The heck's a speaking reel? I don't know what a speaking (laughs) reel is. So my wife's an actor. We got her acting coach. We rented out this little small church and we brought in some friends and he videoed it with me, had different outfits saying different points. (laughs) And so it looked like I'd given like multiple keynotes and the place was packed. And we send it in and I get on a conversation on a phone call with the booker, and like, yeah, all right, we want we want to do it. Let's do it. How? what's your fee? And I just said a number that came to my mind. He's like, Yeah, that's good. I was like, dang, I should have said a lot (laughs) more. Damn it. So that's how I got, like, my first talk, most That's people are insane. like, oh, I got to do so many free... Was this post-book launch? No, prior to the Freak, book launch. Okay. Yeah, just just barely prior. I think it was, like, a few months before the book came out. Yeah, But my first talk was on, like, a massive stage.
1: Did you have to... Did you give them, like... A presentation, or did you have to tell them what you were going to talk about? Or? Yeah,
0: okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I is basically a lot of stuff that was written in the book, for kind of like exactly those, yeah, yeah, those type it. of chapters. Got and, it. and I remember like I I didn't know how to give a talk or what to prepare for. And I was talking to a friend, another friend is like, if you think you're going to practice that thing like three or four times, you're going to fall flat on your face. Yeah. So, I tallied every single time that I did it. I did 163 times before I got up there. Wow. Yeah. And like just, I kid you not, I got up there nervous as could be. It was just like, God, just take these nerves, take them to higher heights. And it felt like five minutes and the hour was up. Boom, yeah. they loved it. Game over, it was like, this is what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, dude. That it reminds me so, because I you know, I was always doing like preaching camps and preaching things all, all the time. And I remember coming into the business world and starting to give a couple of talks. And, mm-hmm. and then people would ask me about it at the end. It was just like, when I would talk to other people about their speaking, it was just so clear how little that they prepared for it. Mm. They get so nervous. They're, they're the people that like depend on the slides, you know, there's a tech Mm -hmm. glitch and then Mm -hmm. the tech glitch happens. And then they're like, Paralyzed. They don't know what to say next because their slide <laughs> yeah. isn't coming up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just awkward for everybody. And then they they get done. And it's like, oh, it would have gone better, but the tech, you know? And it's like, well, no, it just means you're not a speaker. Yeah, you know? And there's no, totally. not anything wrong with that, but like, don't pretend that you're just yeah. this amazing speaker when you're not willing to put in the work to do it. Again, going back to look what other people have done. And then go do what they've done, and then yeah, for yeah. me, especially when it comes to public speaking, for me, over preparation was always the key to calming nerves in yeah. any situation. Now is like I apply that if I ever feel myself have like being really nervous about something, it's just over preparing for it. Yeah, so, to your point, like it's, 163 times to do that—that's a lot of practice to go into it. By the time you got up there, like you have nerves for the first few minutes, but then if you practice something that often, you're reflexes just take over. Your mind takes over. You don't have to be up there thinking about what you're going to say next. You just say it because you did it 163 times leading up to
0: it preparation just like consistency preparation is that is the key to confidence not only do you develop more myelin and muscle memory through preparing but you also develop more confidence because you've prepared right and when you've done that so many times you can go up there and you know where like okay well if i stumble like i know where i'm going to go right because i've done it this many times and then it, it allows you to be free
1: yeah, totally.
0: It's just like the whole thing of like people think discipline. Discipline and preparation are words that are like, I don't want to be disciplined and preparation, but they they equal freedom. Like when you're disciplined, mm-hmm. when you prepare, then you can be free in what you want to do. And one of the biggest things that I've ever been told and always have to tell myself before I go up to talk or in any kind of room, like who can I impact? If you mm-hmm. literally think like pick out one person, yeah. is there one person that you can focus on? Yeah. there one person that you can change? I know it sounds cliche, but when you take it away from well, what does my performance look like? Yeah, compared to is actually like, am I reaching these people? Like, yeah. are they actually hearing my message? Not just my words, but hearing my message. Then it takes a lot of pressure off you too. If somebody's
1: listening and they're like, "Yeah, that sounds like exactly what I want to do," where would you suggest that they start? The, the reason that I asked this to yeah. preface it is, you talk to some people and it's like, "Oh, well, I want to be a motivational speaker," and it's like, "Okay, well, what about you is motivating?" Yeah, you know, and it's like, "Well, I just want to be a speaker." And it's yeah. like, well like it's really impressive that you were able to get your first ever speaking gig to be for Nestle corporation yeah. and to get an actual paycheck for your first ever speaking gig and things like that. Yeah. But like you weren't just some dude that right. was like, Hey, pay me to speak to your organization. It that, was like, yeah, yep. they looked at your, they looked at what you've done and like, Oh, you worked with that person that person, that person, that person. And you learned like all of these different traits that help, the most world class athletes in the world be better. Like, you could probably share something with our executives that makes them be mm-hmm. a little bit better. You had a practical side to what you had done because you had actual proof with real people that what you were going to talk about positively impacted point. people's lives. Such
0: right? a good point. And, and I mean, I'd been speaking at basketball camps, coaching clinics, I yeah. mean, everything under the sun. Like, I had been speaking. So it was like a first thing I'd done. But right. to your point, if you want to get into that, the secret sauce to this is do something, spend years and years doing something, building something, whether it's a company or whatever it is, an expertise, so that one, I mean, you're going to be successful at that. You can probably make some good money off doing that, but then you can speak afterwards and then you can consult afterwards. Right. The thing that I'm, like, I'm so glad that I did is that I poured so many years into coaching individual players and, and optimization for players and coaching in the NBA, because now I can go consult on it. Right. Now I can speak on it. If I try to go and just say, hey, I want to be a speaker, like. Nobody's listening to you. Right. You have to do something first right. to become a speaker, and that's why, like, especially in this day and age, too, when you see people on social media that's a twenty-five-year-old life coach. Yeah. What the hell are you Which done? My favorite. What? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? You have to have been some... married for a year, and they're a relationship
1: coach. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not telling anybody how to raise their kids because I haven't right. had kids. Right. I mean, I have some theories behind it, but right. I haven't really been through the trenches of it. I mean, people see speaking and they see it, and they're like, "Oh, he's up there speaking." You don't know that half of it, how tough it is to yeah. to prepare and how much time that it takes. Yeah. You see it and you want to do it and people think they could. do it. Like it's a competitive, competitive field and you oh, yeah. have to have your differentiators.
1: Yeah. It's like, I want to, I want to be like the Ed Milets of the world. And it's like, <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, like maybe like yeah.
1: build a half a billion dollar network right. before you're like 40 or whatever. You did, right. You know, like go study it, you'll, these you'll people's stories. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. Go study <laughs> all these people's stories and you'll see how many years and right. years it took them to get to where they're at.
1: Right. It's never as fast as you thought it was going to be no ever yeah. and even and if it is those aren't the duplicatable ones like you can't take the fringe and be like that's the path for me yeah. Right. look at someone like a Jay Shetty yeah you know because like he blew up like crazy, yeah. you know, like pretty quickly. And so, cause he just went viral that fast. yeah. You know, you see people like that and then people will look at that and go like, yeah, but that person didn't. It's like, well, also he still had some, like a resume leading up to that, that made his story really unique and interesting. Right. right? Like you like yep. growing up and going to your community college and then sleeping on your mom's couch for the last three years is not as interesting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it is right. like you're romanticizing what you've done with what you know, somebody like that has done. Yeah. But also even in that, even in that case, it's just like, you can't base what you want to do off of the fringe of success. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. like you have to look at the majority of people and go like, Oh, like 98% of really successful speakers have done something incredible in their life. They've done something that makes them more interesting. Like we get, you know, one of my businesses is an agency where we get people booked on podcasts. If I had a dollar for every time somebody was like, can you get me on Joe Rogan? (laughs) I would would be a rich man, you know? And it's like, it's like you're completely overestimating and I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's just, you have to understand the just sheer demand that someone like Joe has for his show. Yeah. He can pick anybody in the world to to bring on Yeah, like you having a marketing agency turns out is not that interesting. You know what I mean? He's bringing on people that are like changing the way that we view the world. He's bringing on like AI engineers and, you know, billionaires and, you know, even his comedian friends. It's like, they're still doing something really unique and interesting. They travel the country and tell jokes for a living. Like they always have good stories. They're interesting. They're entertaining. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's something about like, if you want, if you want to be interviewed more, if you want to get booked to speak more, if you want more book deals, if you want all these different things coming your way, then it's like maybe focus on something that doesn't have to do with just writing a book or just speaking on a stage. Like make some, throw in some other unique, interesting spins into like what makes you kind of this eclectic, interesting person. Person to talk to. Man. You know what I mean? And you might find that those opportunities will come your way a little bit more frequently.
0: That's spot on. And you hit a point in there, storytelling. If someone wants to be a speaker or you want to do anything in personal branding, you have got to be a good storyteller. And I was, yeah. a, ki- I was a kid in high school. Like I'd start telling a story and I wouldn't really know where to go with it. And I could tell people were like getting lost and, yeah. and wouldn't, wouldn't even pay attention. <laughs> so I made it. I made it a point that I was going to study storytelling and yeah. I was going to be a phenomenal storyteller because that's the way people learn totally. is through stories. So if you want to be a speaker, learn how to storytell and figure out something that you can do that can be really, really cool and yeah. that has, actually has right. impact to it, too. And then you're going to be getting booked on podcasts. You know how oh. Joe does it? You know how Rogan does it? He DMs people here yeah. got a DM from Rogan. Hey, I'm on it. Boom. Oh, really? That's how that's he does funny. it. I didn't know that. Yeah. You're not that's reaching funny. out to Joe and getting on his podcast. This ain't happening. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're not. Yeah. And definitely not you in particular, yeah. you know, because yeah. yeah. like they'll accept pitches and stuff, but they just, they're very, very particular because yeah. they can be. Yeah. And that's how it's always going to be with people like that. Anytime where there's that much demand for something. Totally. Like you have to look at the supply and go, like, oh, like there's like 25,000 people that want to be on this show every month and he brings on like, Twelve or like yeah. whatever twenty, however many it brings on, maybe I should you know go back to the drawing board a little bit and yeah. you know look at somebody like a Colin O'Brady, who like trekked Antarctica or like completed the what is it, the Explorers Eight, whatever it is, like the six highest peaks and then north and south pole or whatever it's he crazy. Like rode across the tip of south africa tip of south africa all the way down to antarctica or something <laughs> in record time like you look at people like that and it's like oh he's on, on joker and it's like yeah because that's interesting as hell you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean like he's done stuff if you look at goggins yeah. or any of these people yeah, you know it's yeah, just yeah. like try doing some other things besides yeah. only pitching people all yeah. the time on bringing you on you know right. what i mean like that path is just such a
0: more difficult path if you would just focus on doing something first and i think it's important you got to do it like something that actually has purpose to it is so important too yeah and purpose for others because if you're just doing it trying to get grow a brand or so you're going to drive yourself
1: nuts sure
0: you're going to drive yourself miserable because you'll never be exactly where you want to be it's
1: a thirst for status
0: yeah totally and it's it's a thing that i always remind myself of too like in the big picture in the grand scheme of things like god's up there probably looking down at me like david you know what it's cute all this stuff that you're trying to grow it's cute that you think yeah. you're having a, a big impact but i you know what what are you really doing it for yeah, it's yeah. a reminder of what i'm really doing it for and then it's also like a weight off my shoulders of like people don't know who i am
1: yeah that's a good people point.
0: don't like even when i go to like ed my let's a good friend but if you go to most places in different areas like They don't know who Ed is. And it's just a thing like majority of people will not, unless you're Justin Bieber, majority of the world has no clue who you are. And even think about it in a hundred years from now, no one's going to know your name. Yep. No one. Like think about people that, you know, a hundred years ago, it's probably presidents. Right. Probably don't even know your great grandparents' names. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Heads of state. Yeah. 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 Maybe on like five people that you can probably count a hundred years from now. Right. So you can either look at that as, as really uh a downer or just, you know, it's a freedom. Like right. you don't have to, like, don't stress it. Like know that that God's got the plan for you and you just enjoy it. Yeah. And to your point, go do things that matter to you and that
1: are important to you. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's a very good point to bring up. I appreciate that. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast, indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Okay, so let's talk about writing specifically. Uh, yeah. The first book was just kind of like, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you were just like, I want to get into this. Let me just start practicing the skill of writing. Totally. And then it turned into this big collection of things that you were able to whittle down into something that actually made sense as a book.
0: Yep. yep. Was
1: the second one a little bit more like purposeful around a certain topic or title and yep. then you kind of went deep on it?
0: 100%. So the first one was, All right, I'm just going to get all my stories out there. And with every story that I have, I'm going to have a point to it. Like, what is the reason for the story? What's the takeaway from the story? With a tool to it. I'm really big on giving, like, okay, actionable things instead of just telling stories so people can actually go and apply it. My process, I got on the walking treadmill, or treadmill, and I put my laptop on there for an hour a day, and I just wrote. Whether it Mm. was two pages of great writing or two words, which usually was more towards the two (laughs) words, I would just write, and it became just like a workout. That was my consistency, and I would write. Mm. And I got paired up with a great flow editor, it was like a small-time publisher, but the flow editor was awesome. and yeah. She helped me kind of weave the stories together and put it together. And then we continued to work on the next book. So John Gordon, talking about relationships, the only reason I get a three-book deal with one of the top publishers there is, Wiley, is because John Gordon. We hmm. were sitting in a Miami Heat game watching our friend Eric's bolster coach. And John's like, hey, why haven't you talked to my publisher? It's like, well, you haven't introduced me. Like, okay, well, we'll get on a call with him tomorrow. We'll get you a three-book deal. There it was. (laughs) That happened. That's the power of relationships. The amazing guy that he is. So the second book was, yeah, it's very like, okay, we want this one to be more business approach. We want this is the breakthrough formula taking from years of training NBA players and working with coaches to like what – is the formula that actually leads to people having regular occurring breakthroughs and not just little happy accidents that happen Hmm. so that was more of a structured approach Regular recurring breakthroughs yeah Yeah, because breakthroughs like people always are like yeah i want that breakthrough i'm gonna get a breakthrough uh, what's a breakthrough? Yeah, they look at it as like super lucky. Yeah. They don't a, have much influence over it. It's an abstract term, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just by happen chance. But there's a formula that the most successful people do mm. on a daily basis consistency that actually lead to breakthroughs. So that book was more of a structured, but same type of way, like an hour a day, boom, boom, boom. And now this third book that I've just turned in that's coming out in April of 23, which is a whole different style. Like this is, those two... First books had some of my stories in them, Mm -hmm. but now this one has zero of my stories in them. Mm -hmm. And this next one, as an author, you get more excited about the next book, always the next book, but this one's awesome. (laughs) And I'm not like, I think it's awesome. And I also have to give a lot of credit to my wife who knows the English language better than anybody I've ever been around. (laughs) Like I'll write and I write like I talk. And then yeah, she, yeah. she'll go through it. She'll be like, you cannot say... There's like 13 negatives in the same sentence. Like, that doesn't work. <laughs> so she cleans everything up for me, which yeah, is amazing. Yeah. She's the first edit. She's yeah. the first edit. She's the last edit. <laughs> She's the creative brain behind the majority of things that I do. That's awesome. She's an actor and producer and, and super creative. So like, I'd be lying if I said a lot of the ideas were mine because they're not. Like I'll go out there and talk, and I'll write, and I'll do yeah. it. But a lot of the ideas come from her. But... Anyways, it's all on taking action. So I've done studies, surveys for a long time on the I, the main reasons people don't take action. Yeah. And there's nine main areas. So it's like, I'll give you some examples. Fear of other people's opinion, scarcity mindset, blaming the past, different ones like that of like, okay, well, this is why I'm held back from taking action. So I want people to be able to read it and see... Mm. What's holding them back? Like, Why is it? Like, What stories am I telling myself? Yeah, what stories? Like, am am I not taking action because I'm actually afraid what other people think? Or is it, hey, I got burnt by the past, so I don't want to try it again? Mm. And so you're able to resonate with a certain type of archetype. Yeah. And then I I have these stories from people in history of crazy people that just changed the world that a lot of people don't know their names, Mm -hmm. but they had that crux when they had the decision to, well, should I not take action because this is what's holding me back? Or do I take the risk? And I show it like how they took the risk and changed the world of, by doing so. Basically to empower people like you can do it too and giving them tools at the end of it. But anyways, the writing process always starts with me just throwing slop out there. Hmm. Like it's never, like it's- The brainstorm I, I think, phase. Uh, yeah, who, who was it? Greg McCowan, McCowan. I might be pronouncing his name wrong. Essentialism, amazing book. Okay, yeah, yeah. He talks about how he writes a zero draft and I loved that. Like it's not even the first zero draft. draft. It's a zero draft. <laughs> just throw stuff out there. Yeah. And then you can kind of merge it together. So it's always like, it's like, it's like the, the clay pot where you're on the, the thing in an art class and you're just molding the clay with your hands. And mm. it over time, it just becomes more and more yeah. finite it to what it's going to be. Shape, yeah. yeah.
1: When you start writing, is there a way that you decide which concept is going to be able to stick around? Do you have like a, a system to test the initial phase out with or is it just kind of a gut feeling
0: are you talking about like the overall concept of it
1: right right like if you're just going to start writing you know like are you headed in a direction when you're writing or is it literally yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. so i've got a list of about 10 books that i want to write got it and they're all based on like what people are saying or what i'm getting feedback on when i'm speaking or what like points that i know people need and and yeah i'll send out different types of surveys to kind of test it and feel it. If it's something that people would like to my email list or sure. people that I know, but there's always a direction to it. I mean, it's gonna it, like new things come up throughout it where I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I got to add that. And I'm always, I'm always looking and learning and listening to different things that might help enhance it. But, yeah. and always trying to do something in a different way too. this, like this book <laughs> has a little bit of what you would call historical fiction mixed in with it too. That kind of hasn't been done in this type of whatever you want to, Self help space, sure, which self helps sure. the worst term yeah, you can actually yeah.
1: use. Self help for people who hate self help. Yeah, we of need thing a
0: yet. new term for that. I know, right? No I, one can self help themselves. The time, right? You need others to help them. Right? <laughs> right. Let's it's think more of a new like term.
1: Continued education space. You know, yeah, it's, it's like good. good. It's for people who desire to continue improving themselves. Is all. Yeah. As yeah what
0: was the Ben Stiller you know? one? What was his his uh, school that he created in that movie? The oh, oh this, You know what I am Yeah, for people Yeah, for people who want to learn more and think better and read like. That's what Just it needs to be. Something really called. clunky. Yeah. Yeah. You almost said it there. You were saying like the continued <laughs> yeah. learning space for people who want to learn yeah. and grow. That's, yeah, that's the, the new self help.
1: Yeah. That's the category in Barnes and Noble now.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> 35 words. Yeah.
1: Business model behind books. Why write a book? And are you going to get rich off of royalties someday? Rich off royalties? Yeah. That would because be Because the they're
0: going to sell millions. Yeah. yeah. It's At like reserves for John
1: Grisham, and
0: yeah. Mark Manson, and. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. But that, that's not the starting point of it. The starting point of it is, is the way to reach the most people is TV, media, that kind of medium. And that's most people, well, that or music. Those are the two most impactful things there are. People watch mm. more TV or listen to music. Okay, right now, I'm not, uh, not a great singer. Okay, we we'll might <laughs> work on that. TV might be down the line sometime. But books is a way that will, oh, like, it doesn't leave. Mm. Yeah. Shows can leave. Shows can be hot for a minute. Yeah. But then they're gone. Yeah. But books are always around. Books can reach people throughout the world for like decades, years yeah. and years and years. So that was the main thing. Hmm. I think it was Mark Batterson who said that. He's like, I can go talk and it can reach people in that room, but I can write books and it can reach people all over the world for, for decades and decades. So that was behind writing the book. Now I'm like, I'm so competitive with myself that I, yeah. like, one of the books is going to take off. Yeah. Like yeah. these books have done well, but nowhere near where I want them to be. Sure. And one of them is going to take off. I don't know which one it's going to be. Right. God will open that door, but I'm going to keep banging on that door.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. In terms of what it does for like speaking gigs and stuff like that too, though, it's got to help, I assume, yeah, open doors for you, get you in, on
0: stages. I mean, I know it does. It's kind of like a working resume that you have, yeah. but it's more so like when you book a speaking gig and, oh, they're also going to buy 200 books. Sure. Boom, yeah. add that upsell. So. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> Any companies that want to book a speaker, uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. David at David Ners. I'm nurse. open. I'm uh, open. Yeah. <laughs> mediums, content mediums. What you enjoy? Like you're obviously you're writing. You're doing podcasts. You're yeah. doing video content. Yeah, Um, you speak a lot. You're talking about potentially, you know, film and things like that in the future, or TV in the future. What What are the things that you enjoy consuming, and what are the things you enjoy creating?
0: Totally great. So I enjoy consuming podcasts, and I enjoy creating podcasts. I love consuming podcasts. My kind of my. My go-to is in workouts. That's kind of my time totally. to learn. And I'll have a faith podcast, some kind of sermon. I'll have a book that I'm listening to, all audiobook. never read any books. Yeah. And then I'll have some kind of whatever interest I'm into, whether it's investing or it's fitness or something. Okay. So I kind of hit three different podcasts on 1.5 speed yeah. during that time. What, what are some of your favorites? The Travis Chapel show, making oh, friends course, yes, uh, yes. for sure. Yeah. My <laughs> podcast, the David. Nerd. Okay, we got. So now that we got that out of <laughs> yeah. the way, I've always loved Ben Greenfield. Ben's been a friend, okay. and I think he's yeah. so good in the health and, and the wellness space. And Milet is just great. His yeah. podcasts are awesome. John Gordons are great as well. I think Alex hormozy because everybody, everybody's on him. Yeah, like loves his stuff, but yeah. it's good. It's he's the new kid on the block. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, just yeah. real, and it's just to right. the point. And I think well, it's, and it's to, it's to what we were talking about
1: earlier he actually has done stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's yeah. like, it's you're so much more eager to listen to somebody when you're like, "Wait, you're how old and you sold your company for how much and you profited how much before yeah. you sold it?" Yeah. All right. Right, uh, right. Like, but you probably even, have a thing or two to share. Yeah, and even just his cut and from. dry, he's
0: just like, "Well, yeah. look, here's how you do it bang bang yeah. bang bang." Right. And he'll give it to you. But then are you going to actually take it and do yeah. it?
1: It's very rare to have somebody who's that good at executing and that good uh-huh. at explaining
0: how to execute that combination. That's why a lot of times
1: you have like the operators and the builders, but they don't know how to like disseminate information because it's so second nature to them. Like they don't know how to tell you to do it because they're just like, I don't know. You just, you just do it. You just fucking do
0: it. You You know, know, most NBA superstars are. That's why they're not great coaches because they just have been that gifted. Right. But But yeah, yeah. that's a rarity. Uh, Andrew Huberman's a good friend and it's funny. His podcast, his story with the podcast, So I was with him at air one and Max Luguer, a friend we were talking about before he started the podcast and I remember him telling us like, Hey, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm gonna do this podcast. And I'm over here, like I had a podcast, I'm like and I give him the whole spiel that I give about like, Hey, you gotta be really committed to it. You yeah. gotta do it because you love it. Like don't expect it to get but and he's probably in there thinking like this <laughs> Dumb dude, <laughs> and he blows it up. But his, I mean, his another yeah. rarity of being so crazy smart, but yeah. able to give it to the masses, able sure. to simplify it. Like that's an yeah, incredible gift. Massive, huh? It's yeah. taken off. Yeah, Blown up. I take all credit for that uh, inspiration. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew.
1: Oh man! And so that's what you like consuming. What do you like creating? I
0: what like. Knows? I love creating podcasts. I love the interviews. I love More getting to know people. Nah. No, like writing. writing and speaking are number one okay. for sure. I'd probably say speaking. I mean, it's a one A. It's a one A, one A. Yeah, yeah. No one Bs for for writing and speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those together, and podcast for the relationships and just. the I mean, the people that I bring on, I love learning from. Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy how many people have great stories. Crazy man. How, yeah. Like there's all like even if you're talking about Rogan, like the dude does one a day, and right. it's with someone I've never heard of who has a phenomenal, mind blowing yeah. story. So, this so world true. is yeah. nuts. There's so many talented, right. gifted people in this world.
1: And it's so crazy because people can exist outside of your existing kind of echo chamber. Like, yeah. you, like you think you know so many yeah. people, yeah, and you do, and <laughs> then you go t- like one step over. Yeah. And it's like I don't know who any of those people are. Yeah. We're doing f- four or five interviews over the you know today and t- and tomorrow. And everybody I talked to is like, oh, who else are you interviewing? And every person I've talked to so far, when I've said other people I'm interviewing, none of them have known each other. <laughs> know. And it's like, but you're, you are yeah. all really big doing amazing things Indeed. in your space. Yeah. But then it's like you go one step outside of it and it's like, who, what? You right. know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's how so many, funny. How many awesome people are out yeah. there? you know
0: and then if you ever want to humble yourself look up the top cricket players in india and see how many followers they have <laughs> you probably don't even know what cricket is or ever have thought about it but but look in that india. up and then think of your if you <laughs> oh, have a lot of followers man. that's yeah. so that's a I did really it good insight a couple weeks ago you did it yeah. yeah and then you and then I was like wow i'm just oh, fell into depression had for a few days yeah, yeah. yeah. wish i played cricket
1: <laughs> oh man so what's next dude what are some of some big
0: goals some aspirations man i've always got a lot of things that I'm—I don't even say juggling. I, I work better when I have a lot of things that I'm growing. And I'm slowly pouring a little bit into each one. Yeah, I'm gonna do a big movement for the youth, kind of like remember Dare, Dare yeah. with it. The, yeah, they yeah. did a great job getting into high schools and middle schools, but it wasn't really cool. Yeah, uh, and they did it for drugs, obviously. I'm gonna do it for yeah. mental health awareness, and I'm pulling together some big names to a big movement for the youth to oh, help cool. speak to them
1: there being kind of the, like the lame thing yeah and other people like I was like the good Christian kid right so I didn't right. like the never never made our made its way into schools in our school but I remember like that was the w- kind of wide perception of it at the time
0: yeah and I mean it, they did a great job getting into school somehow sure. they figured that out but no one wanted to listen to a cop and a goofy dog and a mascot come tell <laughs> you about doing drugs so I'm gonna make it a cool way to yeah. help fight mental health uh, the next book Mm, I mean I'm sure me and Taylor have some crazy cool trip. Oh yeah, we got Hawaii coming up. We just came back from Italy. Oh nice. Time with Taylor is the best. I don't know, there's probably like 16 other things going on there I yeah. can't remember right now, but we'll let you know when we do. So dude, the show's called Travis Makes Friends and the way that
1: it came about was that we did 800 episodes of Build Your Network. And basically one of the biggest things that I took away from doing that many episodes on networking was that if you're doing networking the correct way, it's really just making friends. It, the yeah. two activities are one and the same and people compartmentalize them and treat them like they're two different things and I think that's when people move into the networking scenario where they're doing it the wrong way totally they're the douchebag that shows up at the conference they're just trying to get business they have no <laughs> intention of adding value to anybody they're just there to give yeah. you your elevator pitch throw a business card in your face and move on to the next person and I found that the people that are the most well-connected people that I know are people who are just making friends Sick. and they treat it as that activity yep. um, but I've also noticed as an, as an adult with a lot of things going on it's like increasingly more difficult to make friends especially the more the more virtual the world goes Mm -hmm. you know like you used to make friends at work and it's like well if 40 50 of the workforce is working virtually then you check in as often as you need to and then you're still at home and you still just like are a recluse and don't go out and don't need to do anything and so we're getting more and ironically more and more disconnected the more connected we become So I'm wondering if you can tell us a quick story or kind of a how-to, I guess, of like a friendship that's come into your life recently that was not someone you knew from high school or whatever, that's like a real friend and how that friendship came about.
0: Absolutely. It's a great point. Like, I think it's an opportunity to have more relationships and friendships. You might not go as deep. Yeah. But I still feel like very close to people that, some people I haven't even met in person, Hmm. but just through shared interests and like... On a mission to serve others, like the people that you want to be around, come together and you form this bond. You form this community. Yeah, but yeah, a friend of mine, he's the he's the best. He's he's from Iowa as well. Jordan Montgomery's his name, and we've just gotten really close and and really deep as friends through shared interests. I mean, through loving Jesus, through sports, through. A uh, new personal development term that we created through <laughs> podcasting, just like so many shared interests of it, and, and and the biggest thing was like he really genuinely wanted to help me, and I mm-hmm. really genuinely wanted to help him, and I think in that like that sense of, I mean that sense of not necessarily business growth, but like going out of your way. To not just like, hey, I'm going to connect you with somebody, but I'm going to see it through and I'm going to make sure like everything goes smooth and, and going above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Same with Joel Marion. Joel Marion, and, and, and I know you know Joel, you've had him on this podcast, and become very close because he's that kind of guy. Yeah. And yeah. I'm that kind of guy. Like I love, like I love developing relationships and I love celebrating other success. Like that's why I have loved coaching NBA players and see them get whatever accolades that they get. Like that's my guy. I'm cheering yeah. them on. And when I see friends do that. And then I know, like, I mean, I played a little role in that. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. So I think when people give it, when you give it to people, because I know you do too, and, and and I do, I give so much to people and want to be there for everybody. But when you feel that that these other people are, are reciprocating and they're filling your cup, yeah. and they're reaching out to you as well as like, man, what can I do? Like, how are you doing? Like, let's 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 talk about it. How is relationships going for you? Those are the ways that it goes deep. Yeah. And then through it. Like like you said, these people come very good friends and then we're like, man, let's do some crazy business stuff together. Let's create some stuff. Right. So me and Joel, me and Jordan, or me and John Gordon, like this stuff happens naturally from that. It's not the, hey, let's do this thing and then we'll go deep. Right, right. It's always the deep first.
1: And it wasn't connecting off of a business card at a conference and being like, let's go into business together tomorrow,
0: you know? I don't think I've had a business card since like 2013 <laughs> when I was doing basketball camps. Yeah. Like this is, this is terrible. <laughs> Well, dude, thanks for first off,
1: you know, inviting us into your home and uh, yeah. letting us invade your office and set
0: up a bunch of stuff.
1: What's like the big thing you're working on that you want people to go check out?
0: Check out the podcast, Great. The David Nurse Show. I really want to continue to grow that like we've been talking about. I do a personal coaching, small group for super high achievers, people that want to literally take their lives to the next level in a lot of different areas. That new one is kicking off January 9th. Okay. So you can find that all on the website davidnurse.com but those are the two Perfect. two big ones
1: so if you're checking out the show right now then uh, whatever podcast app you're listening to pull it up search david nurse give him a quick subscription check out some episodes tell him you heard about him here on the show dude thanks for taking the time thanks for coming on this was a lot of fun
0: absolutely appreciate it. Hey, hey you are my friend you have made a friend <laughs> <laughs> it works <laughs>
1: That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischappell.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's Travischapel.com slash team. And my biggest ask of you, since I'm sharing my friends with you, is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet. Then leave us a quick five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show continues to be more valuable to you. Thanks in advance, and I'll catch you on the next episode.